So that's the choice of Musa saying, please play me Pat Benatar and uh, we belong. So hope you made your day, Musa. I think that's a, a good one. Noel uh, tweeting us to say that he thinks, guess, the destination is somewhere in Barberton. Noel, you'll just have to listen up. Who knows what the answer is? Talking of the answer, here's the question. Does the perfect alarm sound exist? So when you put your alarm clock on, is there a sound that truly works for you? And uh, could it be this sound, for example? Let's try and see if we can. Could it perhaps be this sound? Or this sound? Or this sound? Or this one? How about... (laughs) That's the one I really don't think I could listen to at all. Those are the questions that we're asking is, is there a perfect alarm tone? And what does perfect mean? Is it something that wakes you up instantly? Is it uh, something that makes you wake up feeling good? Well, Stuart McFarlane is a researcher of auditory perception and cognition at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology in Australia. And he has been working hard on trying to figure this out. Dr. McFarlane, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Michelle. Good morning. I have to say, I cannot believe that there is someone who is getting paid to do this kind of research. Well, it's not that unusual, um, and, where, and where it stems from is yes. when we wake, yep. or in our waking state, we're actually susceptible at times to making mistakes, okay? Now, yep. we call this the common feeling of morning grogginess, yeah. um, and in my field, it's turned sleep inertia. Yeah. So, within sleep inertia studies, indeed, it has been shown that there is a period of cognitive decline within our brains. Yeah. Now, if we think of that in terms of the every day, so if you get up quickly, jump in the car and start driving to work, then you are potentially at risk of making errors, which can be detrimental. So it's a growing field. Um, and one measure that we are showing can counteract that effect huh. is your alarm sound. So, Dr. McFarlane, you know, I suppose it's a bit like that term, you got out of the wrong side of bed this morning. That's right, yes. And, and, and essentially what you're saying is that you need a specific sound to ensure that you wake up in an appropriate way or to wake up feeling positive with a a higher uh, instance of mental performance. That's exactly correct. Um, And if you think about it from a musical perspective, there's a growing body, body of evidence that shows music can... Um, affect the brain in very interesting ways. Yeah. It, it can improve our mood. Yeah. It also has the ability to improve our attention and concentration. Okay, yeah. so with, if we refer back to the waking brain, 
there have been studies to show that um, it may in part be due to cerebral blood flow. So the blood flow in the brain and what areas of the brain that is allocated to. So in a, in a sleeping brain, the allocation is more directed towards um, base kind of cognition, i.e. Uh, potentially re reaction time and physical functioning, but there is less allocation towards the areas of, of the brain that are responsible for attention. Now, if we pull that all together, we, we can assume or hypothesise yeah. that music may indeed be able to direct that blood flow towards the attentional mechanisms. So, right? So yeah. it's, it's very complex, but we pursued this um, in our research and indeed we found that a specific melodic um, stimuli yeah. like a little tune that I designed, um, it did improve participants' um, vigilance or attention yeah. when compared to a static beep-type alarm sound. I mean, I, that, that sound, the last sound I played, which sounds like an alarm in a submarine, I cannot think of anything worse than waking up to that because your heart, I'm sure, would start pumping. Your brain would probably go into, like, anxiety attack immediately. And, and the way that you're speaking is that actually in order to, to have the perfect sound, and we're going to play what uh, your research has come up with in a moment, but in order to have that perfect sound, um, it, it, it appears from what you're saying that music is a better, is a better format as opposed to a monotone sound. That's exactly right, and that's, that's um, why we specifically focus on melody. Interestingly, um, the first study we did was a perceptual study of participants, and what we found was that participants who perceived to have less sleep inertia yeah. perceived to have a melodic alarm, which is fascinating, and that was an unexpected result. There was no um, significant finding with respect to the genre or type of music they were listening to. It was actually the melodic content of that. So being, being extremely fascinated, um, and I do work within melodic perception, um, we believe that the structure of the notes and how they relate to each other um, musically, but also change, that in effect may be encourage, encouraging our brains to focus <laughs> a little bit more. And the, the latest research in neuroscience is actually um, starting to show that between it's what, it's what we call um, anticipation or yeah. expectation in in understanding melodies. So in this phase of trying to predict what the next note is, which is what the brain is really good at doing with, for humans, um, it's actually generating this kind of statistical process to try and 
best predict what the next vote will be. Okay. SAFM setting the nationwide agenda daily. Next week on Talking Point, Cathy speaks to Rechadi Matsetso from the National Treasury to understand the different methods of procurement as well as the risks involved in delivering the service or expertise required by taking into consideration the different levels of complexity. Listen to the conversation next Monday between 11 and 12, only on SAFM, leading the conversation. Michelle Constant on SAFM. We're talking to Dr. Stuart McFarlane, researcher of auditory perception and cognition at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. And Dr. McFarlane has been trying to answer the question, does the perfect alarm tone exist in order to wake up the brain in a way that is best for the brain? Lots and lots of messages from you. Um, Someone saying... Uh, alarm to wake up, alert and in good frame of mind, give me water running and birds tweeting every day or any day. Someone else saying, when I was a first year at university, I had to wake up seniors with farm animal sounds. That comes from Zap. Then we've got um, uh, C saying, there are many pleasant alarm to- tones until they wake you up. Then no tone can remain uh, uh, alar- uh, pleasant at all. Then uh, someone from Kamecha saying, good morning, Michelle and the team endurance. That was a very interesting story. Looking forward to the footage from the deep. That's going back to the last story, but also saying I had this fabulous alarm clock before they were relegated to the recycle bin that had the nicest wake up ring that gradually got louder from the silence of the morning. And I would just press the face to snooze. It was also a delicate tune rather than a jarring noise. Then we have uh, this one as well. Morning, morning. And where's the sound of the Harida? Because I'm woken every morning by a pair of Harida outside my window. Is that detrimental for my day? So we're not sure if that is detrimental. Dr. McFarlane, before we actually go into the um, product that you or the uh, sound that you created, what about being woken by natural sounds like the birds outside, in this case, the crazy hardidars and the like? Would that be something that would get the brain to sort of uh, start up faster? It's a great question, but there is actually no empirical evidence to support it. (laughs) <laughs> so it, when we think about, and this comes up a lot, um, the nature sounds and bird sounds, which I've used metaphorically in my work, but if, you, if we look at what we call the auditory ecology, bird sounds that are supposedly thought of as tuneful or melodic, in most instances, instances in the real world, it's more of a jumbled cacophony of tune rather than a very recognisable um, melody. Yeah. Another point to consider also is that dawn animals or animals waking up at dawn, it could be a rooster also, the key factor is they're waking at dawn which is a change of light 
that relates mm. to our circadian rhythm, and that light may, in effect, be the driving factor that wakes us more yeah. so than the sound. Yeah. Dr. McFarlane, um, one of our listeners is asking, and I don't know this term, she says that she quest, puts question mark the hapnic sound. Do you? Can you repeat that? Hapnic? Yeah, H A P N I C. Is that something you might know? I have never heard of that, no. Okay, Silla, you're going to have to uh, explain that to us because uh, we're not, I've not heard of that. Someone else saying, my perfect alarm tone must not be too slow, but it must be in the key of C or G. <laughs> I think that's quite funny because is is in the creation of your alarm, did you think about um, in the key of whatever? I certainly did. If we look across um, fire alarm design, yeah, there's been um, quite a body of work now that's um, undertaken to test how people wake with sleep inertia and their alarm, um, the fire alarm sounds. Now, what is quite um, conclusive there is that, indeed, a 500 hertz signal is more effective than frequencies of a higher range. So if we think about 3,000 hertz, um, that has been pretty clearly shown in quite rigorous um, lab laboratory settings. Now, 500 hertz can be related to the music um, framework and is closely associated to the key of C. Jeez, this is like the science of this. It's brilliant. So in closing, Dr. McFarlane, we, to understand this better, in order for us to wake up with an alert wakefulness, we need to redistribute the blood flow to the brain, and certain mechanisms will do that, and in particular, music can do that quite well. But the question is, what music? And we're going to just play so that people can hear that apparently this is what will get that blood flowing in order to get an alert wakefulness. sure if we'll wake up but it's so gorgeous <laughs> thank you well I, I could i could break it down a little bit for you yeah, now go for it. i first ha- have to state yeah. that this is experimental it's not a medical product so no one should use it with that um regard yeah it's an example of best practice yeah. based on the research we have yes so Remember, I was telling you about the experiments we did with that certain type of melody that was designed. Yeah. That melody is in that alarm. It's the root melody. Okay? Okay. So that's a great start if if we refer to the research. Secondarily, um, research has shown that the attention of participants can be improved also 
if within a phrase or a sequence of music, the melody changes octaves. Okay, which is exactly yeah. what this alarm does. Um, so, in short, what we're trying to achieve here is an exercise, a morning exercise for the brain to encourage it into a more attentive state. Dr. Stuart McFarlane, thank you so much for uh, coming on the line to talk about it. It is a brilliant story. Who would have ever thought we could uh, spend time thinking about what the perfect alarm tone is? That is uh, Dr. McFarlane, researcher of auditory perception and cognition at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology and understanding that when we wake up to get to an alert wakefulness, uh, we need a redistribution of blood in the brain and uh, certain types of sounds and music can do it. Let's uh, give you a taste of it again and you're welcome to let us know, would this wake you up in a good way in the morning? start experimenting in a major, major kind of way. Someone's saying, I have a high-pitched, screeching electric fence keypad alarm that wakes me up in a state of panic every time. That cannot be a good way to wake up. It surely, surely can't be the right way to wake up.